Wow. I don't know about you, but I miss Drake uh, coming up to Drake. Good morning, church, for all you guys awake this morning. Man. La yeah, thank you. Thank you. 22nd birthday. Oh, this is awkward. All right. All right. Thank you. <clears throat> Feels good to be back in church today. Last Sunday, I missed church. Uh, I was set on a crusade in downtown Seattle. Um, I was uh, at Lumen Field uh, praying and worshiping, um, not watching the game. I was watching the live stream of Pastor Matt preaching. Um, but I wanted to give you guys a, a gift on my birthday, and it is a Starbucks order. Any Starbucks drinkers here? After a long, sad ending of this game last week, I went to Starbucks, and I said, I need a coffee that's going to uplift my spirits. And the barista said, I'm going to give you God's warm hug. I'm like, you don't have the authority. I'm just kidding. And I said, sure, surprise me. You ready? If you have your pens, if you're taking notes, grande oat milk, chai tea latte, pumpkin cold foam. My goodness. Amazing. Amazing order. That's nothing to do with my sermon. I just wanted to give you a little bonus. But uh, I missed you guys last week. I always hate uh, going to church or after missing a week. I feel like I have to reintroduce myself. Uh, seven days feels like a lot. Um, but it feels good to be back in church. Pastor Matt kicked off an incredible message last week uh, to kick off the series of the prodigal son. And um, I intentionally didn't hear it until a couple days ago uh, because I wanted to give my own spin take of the story. Um, but can we get up for Pastor Matt? It was an incredible uh, kickoff to the series last week. Um, before we get into the word, I just want to take some time and celebrate what God is doing in our youth ministry here at, for, at Church for All. Uh, for the youth, FTY Youth Ministry, uh, we launched our first service on September 15th right here in this room. And I know many of you were praying. Uh, many of you were uh, asking about it, talking about it, helping share our posts and uh, it was an incredible night. I mean, it had been uh, since before we launched Church for All that we were in a room, for one, with walls. Uh, two, uh, it had been months since we've seen kids at the altar crying and surrendering to God. Uh, it had been months um, since we've seen kids sit and take notes on a sermon, since people invited their friends to church. I can tell you, God did some amazing things on September 15th here at the launch of our youth ministry. Um, there's three people, three people I want to talk to you about, and they're all students. Um, the first one is Peyton Alford. Uh, she, this is her worshiping that night. She's all the way into worship. Um, but let me tell you, she is a seventh grader at Meridian Middle School, and she was part of our planning team for that night. A seventh grader, a middle schooler, helping us plan that night. Um, and can I tell you, we do this for the youth, but it's done by the youth. God is doing amazing things in our youth ministry. Another person I want to hire is Jaylin. Uh, she is a senior at Camp Meridian High School, and uh, this was uh, her first service on stage. She helped kick off the service. A high schooler kicking off, setting the energy, doing games for the first time. Uh, usually we have to do like a long like training process, but she came up here, rocked it, uh, created the whole environment. And there's another reminder that we do this for the youth. And the last person I want to highlight is Quinn. Uh, he's a sophomore at O'Day High School. And um, usually when you have kids pray at a youth service, they're like nervous and like you have to talk them into like two minutes, right? 
This kid grabs the microphone. I look back at Pastor Matt. I'm worried for my job. He starts preaching, prophesying, praying. I'm talking five, ten minutes of standing right here, praying over his uh, friends, his fellow uh, youth service attenders. Like, he's up here uh, just changing the game, and it was a reminder that God said, this is why we do it. This is why we launch Church for All. This is why we have a youth ministry called For the Youth. It's for moments like this, for life change, for teenagers to come up and lead. And can I tell you, God is doing amazing things in our youth ministry. Last week, Pastor Matt preached about the prodigal son, and um, I couldn't help but listen to it and think to myself, there's more to this story. Well, how is there more? Pastor Matt covered it all. No, no, he did. It was an incredible message, but there's more to this story. And can I tell you, there's something beautiful about when prodigals come home. I remember in youth ministry, there was a 17-year-old kid who came to uh, our youth service, and uh, he vowed to never come back to church. He actually used to drive by the church and honk and flip it off. He would uh, terrorize the Bible study at his high school. Um, he would pull pranks on them, steal their donuts. I mean, talk about a prodigal. Talk about someone who's uh, mean and nasty and ugly. I'm never coming home, never coming to God. This kid was angry at God and vowed to never come back. He then found himself at an altar call, surrendered his life to the Lord, had a prodigal son moment where he came home to God, and to this day, he still serves in the local church. There's something about when prodigals come home. But, but when I hear the story, yes, there's the younger brother who we'll talk about. Yes, there's the father uh, who embraced him. Yes, there's the bitter older brother. But there's another uh, role. There's another person. There's, there's more people in the story that, that haven't been talked about. And, and, and I want to tell you, there's more to the story. And so call this a part two. Call this a, a, a second time hearing about the prodigal son. But there's someone I want to highlight, and it's the servants in the story. Why? Because there's beautiful moments in this scripture, which we'll get into, where, where, where you'll see that they're changing. And when I hear the prodigal story, I used to relate myself to the prodigal son, but now I relate myself more to the servant, someone who serves in the church, someone who serves God, someone who serves every Sunday, who, who commits themselves to embracing people. Why? Because I want to be a part of witnessing the prodigals come home. And why do we push serving? Hey, serve at, serve at Church for All. Go to church4.us/serve. Why? Because we believe there's a beautiful moment when prodigals come home. There's a beautiful moment when you're greeting at the door, smiling at someone who vowed to never come to church. There's a beautiful moment serving on the coffee team, handing that warm coffee to someone who maybe couldn't afford a coffee on the way here today. There's a beautiful moment in serving in kids' ministry, checking in that kid and giving them an experience to be with friends and, and to hear the word of God. There's a beautiful moment when you're driving that youth kid home. And, he, and they say they're hungry. Now you got to go to Taco Bell. And you get a, 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 a taco, a burrito, whatever. And they start talking, opening up, because they haven't had any one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone in two, three weeks. There's a beautiful moment on serving on the worship team and, and leading people into the presence of God. There's a beautiful moment on serving on the production team, on allowing hundreds of people all across the world, yes, world, other countries, to watch our online service to be hosted and greeted and loved as if they were here in person. There's something about serving in God's house. And so as we get into the message today, uh, I, I want to start with, with just this thought, this idea of uh, to kind of keep us in, you know, kind of like a topic thought, okay? It's one thing to share the house with God. It's a one thing to share the house with the Father, but it's another to share his heart. I'm going to say it again. 
There's one, there's one thing to sit here and we attend church, we check it off our box, we come, we say hi, we worship, we give the, the speaker a high five, thank you, we share it on the thing, we like the post, we share the Monday post, recap. It's one thing to share the house with the Father, but it's another to share his heart. And so that's going to be kind of where we land today as we get into the scripture. But before we do that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I pray uh, that we do not get another ending like we did last week with, God, uh, with the Seahawks. Uh, but God, most importantly, I pray. I pray that we want to roll up our sleeves. I pray we have a heart of the servant, a heart of the father, to be willing and wanting to see prodigals come home. God, we look to you today. We love you in your name. Amen. And so I'm going to recap a little bit. Uh, Luke chapter 15, uh, there's, a, there's a younger brother, the prodigal son. Uh, he goes to his father, says, I want all, all my money that's due to me. He goes, he spends it all. He blows all the money. Uh, he finds himself in pig slop. He's frustrated. He's, he's like, man, even the servants at home eat better than I do. And so he finds himself saying, I'm going to go home and ask my father to be a hired hand. I'm going to go home and do that. And so uh, we pick up right here. It says, but while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Listen, uh, you ever go to McDonald's and you order like a 10-piece nugget and they throw a little extra nugget in there for you? Okay? That's what this is. Let me, let me share this. Let me share this extra nugget with you real quick. Some of you feel like you haven't been seen in months. Some of you feel like you're unworthy to come to the feet of the Father. Some of you feel like you're so far removed or, or so unlovable. But can I tell you, we have a heavenly Father that's on the lookout, that wants to wrap his arms around you, let you know, son, daughter, you're seen, you're loved, I love you. I've been waiting for this moment for you to come home. Our heavenly Father is waiting. And that's just a little bonus nugget for you that I wanted to remind somebody today. Someone needed to hear that, that you are loved and our Father is on the lookout for you. So then the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But the father said to his servant, quick, grab my belt so I can give. I'm just kidding. But look at the response of the father. He didn't say, hey, go grab the older brother. Grab the boxing gloves. It's fight night. It's time to get what came to. Go grab my checkbook. How much, how much money did I give him? Yeah. Okay, you need to work off this much before you can be approved and loved as my son. No. The father said, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and let's celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. So they began to celebrate. When I read they, I don't think it's the father and the son. I picture the servants and everyone in the village celebrating that the son came home. But listen to who the father turned to after embracing his son. It said he turned to his servant. See, when we share the heart of the father, we are a part of the welcoming and loving. He told the servant, go grab the best robe in the house. The robe at the time symbolized uh, wealth, symbolized status. And he said, no, you're still part of the family. He said, grab the ring and put it on his finger. The ring symbolized their, their, their place in the family, putting the ring, or the ring on. Go grab sandals for his feet. Go kill the fattened calf. We're having carne asada tacos today. None of this ground beef and taco seasoning. See, there's something beautiful when the prodigal comes home because if we share the heart of the father, 
we get to be a part of the welcoming and loving. See, when I read this story, I get emotional because I don't read, uh, I don't read a servant who's just doing their job. I read someone who shares the heart of the Father. When I read this story, I, I picture this, this servant excited. Guys, the son's home. Come on, get the robe. Get the ring. Get the carnage out already. Excited and eager that the son is home. It was almost like a, he got to get the ring. He got to get the robe. He got to get the carnage. Not that he had to, but he got to. Some of us, when it comes to serving, we get to rally in the lobby before service. We get to set the chairs out every week. We get to hand the bright orange Nickelodeon colored card. We get to click the slides, get to lead worship, get to preach. Why? Because when we have the heart of the Father, it's a get-to mentality, not a have-to mentality. I want to be a part of a church that's for the prodigals because we get to love, we get to reach, we get to serve them. There's been too many seasons where I'm like, oh, more chairs? Are you kidding me? Every youth service that we have, we pray for every single chair in the room. Why? Because we get to. I want to be like the servant who had the father's heart in that moment where he was excited. The son finally came home. We're going to continue in the scripture. It says, meanwhile, the older brother was in the field. When he came near the house, uh, he heard music and dancing. So he called over who? The servant. And asked him, what's going on? The servant replied, your brother has come home. And your father has killed the fattened calf. Because he has him back safe and sound. The response was of the father. When I read this scripture, Ben, if you guys want to come up. When I read the scripture, I can't help but think that the servant saw the days the father was waiting on the porch. I can't help but think the days that the, fa- the servant saw the father checking the son's room if he was home again. The days that they were fattening the calf, the days that they were anticipating the arrival of the little brother, I just can't imagine that they would see that and not share the heart of the father. See, when you have the heart of the father, you celebrate like family. My best friend, Cameron, uh, we've been friends for 16 years. If we celebrate my birthday, it'll be our uh, 16th birthday party we've celebrated together. He was at my 13th birthday. And um, (laughs) we've played rugby together. We've led in three different youth ministries together. And uh, I surrendered my life to the Lord before he did. And I remember for days just praying that he would come to church. By name. We call him Killa. He's never killed anything. Um, It's just his nickname. But I'm like, God, I pray Killa comes home. And then the day happened where I convinced him to come to church. And there's a moment at the end of each sermon where the pastor says, close your eyes and bow your head. And I'm like this, watching him. Pastor says, do you want to surrender your heart completely to God? And I'm like, please, 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 please. That anticipating moment of the heart of the father, just wanting the prodigal to come home. I'm just in this moment, and I see his hand raised and tears fall from his face. And the heart of the father that was in me began to celebrate internally. 
I wanted to go grab the robe, the ring, the fattened calf, and the sandals and celebrate that my best friend of 16 years surrendered his life completely to the Lord. We went to Sherry's after. It was the only thing open that late. We had pie and just smiled and celebrated that we get to do another thing together. I said we played sports. We've been neighbors. It's my best friend. I wanted to celebrate like family. When the prodigals come home, let's not celebrate like this is our job, but let's celebrate that that's another family member. That's another person we've been praying for. That's another person that came by themselves, but now they're bringing their family. Now they're bringing their neighbors. Now they're bringing their friends. Why? Because we celebrated them like family. But what happens if we don't share the heart of God? The older brother became angry and refused to go in. His father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered with his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you. And I've never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours, not my brother, but when the son of yours comes home, blew all his money on prostitutes, you killed a fattened calf for him? The father responds, my son, the father, or my, my son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours, but we had the chance to celebrate and be glad because his brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He is lost and he is found. Three things happen when we don't share the heart of the father. Number one, bitterness breaks the opportunity to see as the father does. Bitterness breaks the opportunity to see as the father does. They said he was filled with anger, bitter, frustrated, hurt. And he wasn't able to see, wasn't able to love, wasn't able to welcome as his father did. Listen, when I, when I come here on Sundays, I don't want to have eyes of anyone else but God's. I want to see as the father does, because if I let my bitterness come through, he's going to break what God's trying to do here. Second thing that not having the heart of the Father does is that comparison cancels the celebration. I picture in this moment, they're doing the electric slide and they're eating and celebrating and he's comparing, well, I do this. Well, I was at the volunteer day at the first Sunday at Church for All. Well, I, that's my parking spot. Well, I, I have multiple cups of coffee on Sunday. Well, I, I tune at the 9.30 service. And all of a sudden a comparison comes and it cancels the celebration of someone coming to God, of the son coming home to the father. Third thing that not having the father does, our father's heart is selfishness sees only their side of the story. Selfishness sees only their side of the story. My friend Cameron and I, we uh, joined an internship together at our church. It was a college internship. It was probably some of my favorite times because another thing with my best friend, but Cameron began to party again. He began to uh, kind of fall back into the things that we did before we surrendered our lives to the Lord, and he was still doing the internship, and it felt like a prodigal big brother moment at the time. I was getting frustrated with it. I'm like, bro, 
We got church in the morning. Oh, I'll be fine. Dude, we got youth tomorrow. Oh, it'll be fine. And I'm getting mad. And uh, we went on a, a trip and we came back and um, there was a big youth conference happening across the mountains. And our senior pastor said, hey, I'm going to take one of the interns with me. And I'm like, duh, obvious choice. I've been here serving. I'm basically going to be the new youth pastor. All the ego in the world. And he took Cameron. And I barged into the room, my pastor's office. I said, how dare you? Do you not know how he's living? Why would you take him? Why would you? Are you serious? This guy over me? And in a moment of humbling, God said, you were the prodigal ones too. You were living double life too. You needed that love. You needed that hug at the altar. And now it's not fair because you're not getting what you want. But here he is. He needs a moment. And Cameron goes to this conference and God wrecks his life at the conference. And he gets all the way in. But, but my selfishness stopped the story. My selfishness, my bitterness, my criticism, my comparison was a sour moment on a story that ended up being beautiful and incredible. Seventeen-year-old kid, I was telling you about at the beginning of my service. The beginning of service was me. My story starts at fifteen years old. I went to a church. It was called Fairwood Church, and the youth pastor said, "Everything in your life is God's plan." Now I'm looking at the checklist, and I'm like, "Dad's in rehab. Mom just got remarried." had to move in with my mom. I'm looking at the list saying, God, this is your plan. I'd rather just run away and do my own thing. I vowed to never go back to church. I used to drive by uh, that church and honk the horn and, and, and flip it off. Yeah. I remember some of, the, some of my friends who went there were in a Bible study at Kent Ridge High School and I used to pound on the door and pretend to go just to steal their donuts. I mean, just a menace. I'm never going back. I, God's plan for me is not a good plan. I'm not going back. And then I get to a youth conference and I surrender myself at altar just like September 15th that kids did. And I was braced with a warm hug from our Heavenly Father. Son, I love you. Son, I see you. Son, I'm with you. I call you. I have more for you. And that night, the youth pastor said, hey, why don't you come tomorrow to church? And so for the next seven years, I would serve in that church. I wouldn't miss a Sunday. It was the father that loved me and saved me, but it was those serving in the church that, that were at my football games and rugby games and first days of work. And, and those are the ones that drove me home, paid for my summer camps because they didn't just see a broken kid. They saw a prodigal coming home. It was the ones welcoming, welcoming me at the door when I didn't wear my hat at the right angle. It was the ones that hugged me and asked me how school was going. It was the ones that, that said, hey, you should come serve in the coffee ministry or hey, you should join my life group. It was the people serving in the church that didn't make me feel like a prodigal, but made me feel like family. They celebrated me as family. There's something beautiful when the prodigal comes home, but when someone shares the heart of the father, 
and not just the house. Life change is inevitable. People connecting, people being loved. Some of us are on the fence of serving because we don't feel like we're worthy enough. There's no requirement. But can we have the heart of the Father? Those who serve in the house that share the heart of their Father play a bigger role than regularly expressed. I'm sure if I said close your eyes, bow your head, raise your hand if there's someone in your family you've been praying for to come to the Lord, I'm sure everyone would raise their hand. There's something beautiful about knowing I'm at a church where the people that are serving have the heart of the Father. But let us not get bro- uh, lost in comparison and bitterness. Let's not get lost in those things, but let's share the heart of the Father. It makes serving so much better. It makes coming here on a Sunday, it makes missing a Sunday that much harder because I believe prodigals are waiting to come home and I wanna be on the team that says, come on, we've been waiting for you. Come on, we, we, we've been praying for this moment. Come on, that, that chair we prayed for already. Come on, that coffee's already warm and ready for you. We have a team who has a heart of the Father and we've been expecting and ready for this moment because 17 year olds like me, 12 years ago, walked into a church and was loved and embraced by those serving in the church. And so when I read the prodigal son, it's not just the younger brother, it's not just the father, it's not just the older brother, but the servants in the story play such a vital role into what God, or to what Jesus was saying in the story. So let me ask you, do you want to have the heart of the father? Not just share the house, but share his heart. We close your eyes and bow your head. If you're here today and um, maybe you've wanted to get plugged in, serve somewhere in the church, and you haven't like made the step or signed up or me, you don't even know where to start. If that's you, can I, can I just have you raise your hand? I just want to pray for you. Also, I want to get connected. Say, I, want to serve, I want to serve at Church for All, maybe in the kids' ministry, worship production. Come on, I see a couple hands. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. I see you. Second group of people I want to pray for is those of us who maybe feel like the older brother and we want to have the servant's heart. Maybe you feel like that bitter comparing older brother in the field, but you're saying, no, I want to have the heart of the servant, heart of the father. If that's you, will you raise your hand? You're saying, I'm declaring from now on, I'm choosing not to be judgy, not to be be in comparison, but to have the heart of the father. Come on, I see a couple hands. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. I see you. I see you. Last but not least, before we get into a time of worship, if you're here today and you're saying, uh, Pastor DJ, I want to I have my prodigal moment. I want to come home and be welcomed by the Father and be celebrated. If that's you, will you raise your hand? Say, I want a fresh start with God. I want to come home today. Amen. I see you. I see your hands. Thank you. Thank you. God, today as we get into a time of worship, 
Lord, I pray we don't just share your house, but God, we share your heart. Let us be eager and excited for the prodigals to come home, to serve in your local church. But as you turn to the servant, as the older brother turned to the servant, God, you turn to us to love and celebrate your people. I pray for those that raise their hand to serve. God, I pray nerves be, be moved away and excitement begins to fill them. God, for those who said, oh, I've been bitter, I've been angry, I've been frustrated, I'm judgy. I pray they have the heart of you, God. And the couple hands that said, I want to come home, God, let us get the robe ready. Come on, let us get the, the, the ring ready, the fattened calf, God. A celebration is ready for the, for the hands that were raised to come home to have a fresh start with you. God, let us be excited about that as a church. Just like the servant was, that the sons and daughters are home. Heavenly Father, we love you and we look to you in your name.